Friday, December 3rd here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 13 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Shop. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, over on FanDuel here, what are you doing for a cash quarterback? Yeah, as usual, I'm paying up uh, for quarterback on FanDuel and cash. Uh, I'm going to go Tom Brady at $8,100. Comes in tied for top dollars per point value at the position. Gets a Falcons defense that is 29th in football outsiders pass defense DVOA and 29th in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. Brady threw for 276 yards and five touchdowns in the week two meeting against the Falcons this season. And last season, he put up 390 yards and two touchdowns and 399 yards and four touchdowns in two meetings against Atlanta. So, you know, we'll, we'll take any of those lines. Yeah, and plenty of options for stacking with them as well. I think Tom Brady, obviously, in play. Matthew Stafford's the other guy that I'm looking at here. $300 less than Tom Brady. Um, as you mentioned, Atlanta's a good matchup for Brady. Fourth most friendly QB scoring matchup by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. Jacksonville, probably not as good a scoring matchup for quarterbacks as you'd expect. They're just 20th in adjusted fantasy points allowed, that same category where I just said Atlanta's fourth. So a slightly negative matchup by those numbers. But I don't think that's because they're a legit defense. They're 32nd in pass defense DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. The Jags had a stellar performance against Buffalo a few weeks ago. They had a good one against Indy the next week. They were back to not good the past two weeks against San Francisco and Atlanta in pass defense. So I'm going to go ahead and bet on Stafford and his crew. Multiple stacking options for him as well. You know, we'll wait and see on the Odell Beckham injury situation, but either way on that, uh, there's Cooper Cup available to stack with him. And there's enough at running back this week to make Cooper Cup more of a cash consideration than he usually is for me. Definitely. Um, And, you know, Jacksonville actually is decent against the run. Football Outsiders has them uh, 14th in run defense. So um, I I like Stafford, uh, especially in tournaments. And especially in tournaments, if Daryl Henderson gets ruled out, because everyone's going to flock to Sony Michelle in that case. And I think, you know, that'll take some ownership away from Stafford in the Rams passing game. Yeah, I like that as well. Anybody else you like among GPP quarterbacks? Yeah, I'll mention uh, Lamar Jackson again here. Um, you know, I mentioned him on the the drafting show. It's even easier to fit him in on FanDuel here. He is $8,500. Coming off two disappointing real-life and fantasy games, um, which I think will suppress the ownership. But, I mean, Jackson has – Games of 32 and a half, 34 and 42 Fando points this season. So obviously has the ceiling we're looking for. The Steelers defense just isn't very good against the pass or the run, which, you know, is important for Lamar's fantasy proje- projection. And Pittsburgh's probably going to be without TJ Watt. He might be without Joe Hayden. Um, so it, it's a beatable defense that's going to be shorthanded on Sunday. I definitely can't argue with mixing in Lamar Jackson. I can't say that I feel awesome about that being a high scoring game or the way he's played lately just from watching him. But I mean, you know, capable of a rebound at any point. Yep. I, in, in a similar vein, I will go back to Jalen Hurts some this week because I don't imagine that his ownership level is going to be high. And he has delivered pretty much all season. Last week was the second time 
it, this year that he didn't finish among the top 12 fantasy QBs. And the other time was just because Jordan Howard and Boston Scott stole all the touchdowns from him. So we'll have to watch his injury status, but he's been saying all week that he's going to play. I would have to assume that he's at least good enough to beat a Jets team if he's good enough to play in this game that has allowed the most rushing touchdowns in the league. It arises a six and a half point underdog. So, you know, in a good position for the Eagles to keep running the ball and for Jalen Hurts to be heavily involved in that. Kirk Cousins is another one that I want to throw out at $7,700. He's been over 21 FanDuel points six times this season, 25 against Green Bay two weeks ago, two plus touchdown passes in four straight games now for Kirk Cousins. He's fallen short of 32 pass attempts only once all year. So we always kind of worry about the volume question for him, but a decent volume bet in a matchup that should be good for everything on the Minnesota offense. Yes. Detroit has allowed the fifth most fan duel points per game, two quarterbacks on the season. And, you know, I think Alexander Madison is just going to draw a ton of ownership and probably leave the Minnesota passing game a little bit under under owned over here. Totally. Yeah. Same idea. As I mentioned on DraftKings with playing Joe Burrow, or I think Joe Mixon's going to be chalk, but if the, the touchdowns just go to the passing game, Kirk Cousins could be a strong play and then you fade Alexander Madison. So you're, you're, you're sorry, you know, picking up two edges there. Yeah. And Justin Jefferson comes in as our number four wide receiver in dollars per point for FanDuel this week. So an attractive guy there who, you know, similarly could be lower. We'll see about how he and Adam Thielen come in. Adam Thielen, by the way, just remains like nature's argument against the idea of TD regression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Running back. What do you think for cash? Um, so Antonio Gibson, I think is almost a must in cash at $6,200. He had 29 carries and seven targets last week. And that was with JD McKissick playing most of that game. McKissick looks doubtful for this one with his concussion. And even before that, Gibson had 26 and 19 opportunities in the previous two games. So just a, a great volume bet for this price tag. And the matchup is good too. The Raiders are 30th in adjusted fantasy points allowed through running backs. Yeah, Gibson's got three more carries than anybody else over the past three weeks. 14 more carries than anybody else not named Jonathan Taylor. Raiders are the third or number three in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. And the past four weeks for the Raiders defense has included allowing 100 plus total yard games to Devontae Booker, Daryl Williams, and Joe Mixon. So it's tough not to start with Antonio Gibson. It's a pretty loaded week at running back, though. We've got Jonathan Taylor priced all the way up to $10,500. That's territory where we've seen Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, and almost nobody else before now. Are you still trying to fit Jonathan Taylor into cash lineups on FanDuel, or are you going away from him, $9,400 Joe Mixon, or even just like below that? Yeah, I'm probably not going to get to Jonathan Taylor, and it's more about the quality of the other options than Taylor's spot is obviously awesome or his price tag. If I'm going expensive, it'd be Alexander Madison for me, 8,700 bucks. Uh, I just think you know, he's probably the best touch bet among running backs this week. You know, he had 34 and 32 opportunities in the two games that Delvin cook missed earlier this season. One of those came against Detroit back in week five. He had 25 carries in that game for 113 yards. Also caught seven passes for 40 yards and a touchdown. So I think you're, you're going to get, you know, 20 to 30 touches in a good matchup for, for Madison. Yeah. And then even below Madison, we've got mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette against the Falcons, James Conner against the bears, Elijah Mitchell against the Seahawks. All those guys are a thousand plus cheaper in FanDuel salary than Madison. We'll see about Daryl Henderson's injury status. If he's out, then we've got Sony Michelle at 5,300, yep. just making things even more interesting. That could counterbalance Jonathan Taylor and work alongside him in a cash lineup. And then I haven't even gotten to Jamal Williams, 6,500 miles Gaskin, 6,400. Those guys probably more GPP considerations here. 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, we, we need a fourth running back spot and lineup this week. I want to play all these guys. That's right. So what are you playing on the tourney side at running back? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to get too funky at running back in tournaments, even just because all those guys are such strong plays. Saquon Barkley is a little tempting to me. If you want to get someone low owned, um, $7,200. He was back to workhorse usage last week, played 87% of the snaps, 13 of 16 running back carries got five targets. If you go back to the beginning of the season, I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to happen again, but what happened with Barkley coming off the ACL is his first game, he was limited. You know, his, his snaps were way down from what we usually see his second game. He got strong usage, but the production wasn't good. And the next two games, he went for 18.4 and 27.1 DraftKings points. So if he you know, follows the same pattern here, you know, first came back from the ankle, he was limited last week. He got the usage, but not the production. You know, does the, does the production follow this week? I'm not, you know, confidence going to happen, but I do think you're going to get Saquon and, you know, single digit ownership at a, at a pretty nice price tag. You definitely should get him at single digit ownership because there is a lot more to like more at running back this week. So I, I'm not going to get that adorable, but I can understand the argument for him. I, I'm just not, I'm not going to get cute here. I'm just going to pull from the players that we already mentioned. Cause it's a deep enough pool. I'll see what the ownership looks like over the weekend. See if anybody's lagging or, you know, who is just at the top of it and pushing me away from using those guys. But there are plenty of guys to love here. Uh, even if I'm getting a couple that a couple or three that are in double digit ownership projections, I'm going to stick with them before we get away from running backs. I want to throw out that uh, the Vikings defense, I was looking up on pro football reference this morning. They are second worst in the league and expected points contributed in run defense ahead of only the chargers and way behind the third worst team in the chiefs. That of course is the matchup for Jamal Williams. It probably gets a little bit tougher because they're getting some defensive tackles back from injury and from the COVID list, but still a very positive matchup for Jamal Williams. And again, the bigger thing in his favor is that the Lions have thrown and completed more passes than any other team to running backs. And now it's just Jamal Williams with DeAndre Swift out. And Detroit actually has a capable running game too. Like the passing game is absolute trash, but the running game is, I'd say, like league average. So it's not like Williams is in, in a bad spot there. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> Wide receiver for cash. So... Jared, I look, I get to wide receiver and I think why play Jonathan Taylor for 10,500 bucks when you can go to Cooper cup at 9,000 and instead load up on running backs in the seven and six K ranges. Is that you're thinking here or do you need to look more at Jonathan Taylor? No, I think you're right. Cup at 9,000 might just be a better straight up value than JT anyways. Then when you factor in, there's just, there's more viable running back plays for cash than there are wide receiver plays. So I'd rather spend up for Cooper cup and cash. So I like that call. I want to spend up too for Keenan Allen, who I think is is just underpriced for the volume he's been seeing $7,300. He is uh, fifth among wide receivers in half PPR points in five games since the chargers bye week. And that's despite scoring just once. I mean, we, we know Keenan Allen's not a big touchdown scorer. I do think he has some positive touchdown regression coming though. And even, you know, even without touchdowns, he's still been producing as a top five wide receiver. He's second among wide receivers and targets over the past five games. He has double digit targets in all five of those. Uh, Bengals kind of a neutral matchup for wide receivers and so nothing to worry about there. And we've seen this from Keenan Allen before where he goes on a touchdownless streak and we're like, well, he's great, but he doesn't score touchdowns and he scores in like four straight games. So yeah, I agree. Go ahead and chase his usage. Uh, mentioned, you know, Cooper Cup, you don't really have to make a case for him, but the Jaguars are a better scoring matchup for wide receivers than they are for quarterbacks. Mentioned that they have fared a little better than you might expect. And Cooper Cup's just, you know, dominated. He's got floor plus ceiling plus matchup here. So easy to like him as a foundation piece this week for cash. On the GPP side, you know, we'll wait and see on the Odell Beckham injury status. 
He, of course, tied Cooper Cup with 10 targets last week. I'll be curious to see if we do get an active Odell Beckham, what his ownership projection looks like, because I'm sure if he were fully healthy, we would be getting high ownership from him this week at 6K. You know, I was I was doing my fantasy pros rankings uh, last night, and his his consensus consensus rank as of last night was in like the 30s, like it was like wide receiver 32 or something. You know, we have him way higher. We'll see about the injury thing, but I don't know. Maybe he's not going to be as popular as you know our projections for him would suggest. So we'll see about that. Tournament wide receivers. I like Marquise Brown here, um, seventy one hundred dollars. His last four games. 14 targets, 12 targets, 13 targets, 10 targets. You know, he, he been like more of a possession type receiver in the offense this year than this, you know, like lower volume shot play guy. He's second among all wide receivers and expected fantasy points per game over the past four weeks. And again, I, I just, I like this matchup as a bounce back spot for the Ravens offense. The Steelers are 27th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. I have Marquise Brown down as well, and I like him as the way to buy, you know, kind of a stake in the Lamar Jackson rebound game, because even if Lamar Jackson doesn't, you know, go all the way to ceiling here, he can just be decent and Marquise Brown can have a big game. You mentioned the targets 10 plus in four straight games, including 10 last time out against Cleveland in his return from the thigh injury that kept him out against Chicago, caught eight balls in that game. And really Marquise Brown has been both this year, early this season. He was still a deep average target depth guy. More recently it's gone shorter and he's been catching more and shorter passes. So he could be either one in this game, which could match up with what Lamar Jackson does And this spot against the Steelers, especially without TJ Watt, could be good for getting that deep passing game going again. You know, give Lamar Jackson a bit more time to set up, to let those deep routes set up and target downfield. You know, the target volume gives Marquise Brown the attractive floor here where I'm not worried about him burning me. And then that deep ball upside gives the ultimate ceiling. Even if we just get, you know, like a 60-yard touchdown and then three to four other normal catches, that could be a nice day for a $7,100 receiver. Totally. Over to tight end, what do you like for cash? George Kittle pops as easily our top dollars per point value at tight end. Um, you know, he's sixty three hundred dollars, thousand dollars less than Mark Andrews. You have Rob Gronkowski up at seven thousand, so Kittle's just underpriced. He's coming off the dud last week, but he had had three strong games before that: seventeen point one Fanduel points, thirteen point five, and then eleven point four. No Debo Samuel in this game frees up some extra targets for George Kittle, and the matchup's good against Seattle. Uh, the Seahawks are 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Yeah, he sits well ahead of the rest of the tight ends in our in our FanDuel dollars per point. So I certainly like him over here, especially where I don't need him to get, you know, 10 to 12 targets to ultimately pay off. He's only $300 more than Mike Gusecki and 100 more than uh, Kyle Pitts this week. And he's significantly cheaper than Mark Andrews and Rob Gronkowski. So George Kittle, certainly the favorite for cash on the GPP side. Even though the ownership's going to run high, I think, on Foster Moreau, maybe a little bit less high here than on DK. He's at 5000 bucks. I still think that he's going to be in the mix. And then if the ownership projection does just run higher than I'm anticipating, you know, like we get close to 20%, I can pivot from there to Gerald Everett. Uh, for 4900 bucks on FanDuel. Second only to Mark Andrews in targets among tight ends over the past three weeks. Has had games of eight and nine targets in that span. The matchup looks tougher. They get the 49ers this week. They rank fourth in Football Outsiders tight end coverage DVOA. But 49ers have no Fred Warner most likely this week because of a hamstring injury. And this is the stat that I tweeted out earlier this week. PFF, according to the PFF numbers, Fred Warner has been targeted on 8.3% of his coverage snaps for the year. His teammate Aziz Alshair, who looks like the number one linebacker for the 49ers this week, has been targeted on 17.5%. So 
that's more than double the targets. They both played more than 300 coverage snaps. So it's not, you know, a, a sample size issue for either guy. It looks like an area to target this 49ers defense this week. And the 49ers look like they're probably not going to have Dre Greenlaw or Marcel Harris at linebacker either. So it's going to be a particularly weak spot and targeting that middle area of the field for Seattle also has the potential of opening up the deep stuff for DK Metcalf, which they desperately need to do just to get that offense going. So it's one of those that you can just kind of look at it and it makes sense for the Seahawks to be using Gerald Everett quite a bit this week. Yeah, who, who is DK Metcalf? I haven't even seen that guy in a while now. Um, I think he used to carry um, AJ Brown's pads in college. That's right. That's right. Elijah Moore's as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you on Fossenborough. I think he's going to, he's not going to be low owned on FanDuel, but he's going to be way less chalky here. He's not as big a value. So I think Moreau is a better tournament play on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. It, it's, it's tough for me to get away from Kittle, even in tournaments. I do have some interest in Pat Fryermuth. I mean, you know, he's he's $900 less than Kittle. Like I'd, I'd rather just find the 900 bucks to get up to Kittle, but Fryermuth is a nice play here at $5,400. He has uh, 12 plus FanDuel points in three straight games now without Eric Ebron. And, and Eric Ebron's going to be out for Sunday's game against the Ravens. And the Ravens, we know, tight end coverage is kind of the, the weakest part of their defense. Football Outsiders has them 17th in tight end coverage, and they are 26th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. Jared, I think we'd all like to find an extra 900 bucks, but sometimes times get tough, and you just have to go down to the next guy. True. Defense. I'm starting with the $4,000 Miami mm-hmm. as my base defense here. Uh, whether it's Mike Lennon or Daniel Jones, I think we're expecting Mike Lennon, but we'll see if Daniel Jones's neck is ready. Miami's fourth among main slate defenses in FanDuel points per game for the season. 17-plus FanDuel points in three of the past five games. 10 takeaways, 16 sacks over that span. None of those four opponents has scored more than 17 points. Three of them scored 10 or fewer. So it's a good playing defense in a positive matchup against the Giants. Yep. And Daniel Jones was ruled out just before we, we came on. So it is going to be Mike Great. Lennon for the Dolphins. So yeah, that that's my starting point as well. If I have some extra money to get up to the Eagles, I'd rather play them. But they are $800 more. So you're, you're probably going to have to be sacrificing something to get up to Philly, but you know, they are a great play. Um, Zach Wilson has just been super giving in both the interception and sack departments in, in all of his starts this season. So are you sacrificing George Kittle and playing <laughs> at Fryermuth to get to that defense? No, I would definitely rather play Kittle plus Dolphins than Eagles plus Fryermuth. Yeah, there you go. If ownership does run high on the Dolphins because it's a positive spot for a good defense right now, um, or if there is just extra money lying around, which is always a nice thing, like you put on the winter coat for the first time in a year, the Bucks 4,300 against the Falcons, the Colts 4,500 against the Texans, Eagles, as you mentioned, 4,800 against the Jets. The Bucks delivered 12 uh, FanDuel points last week, even while allowing the Colts to score 21 points in that game. They had five takeaways, three sacks against in the second straight game with three plus takeaways, third such game among their past five. So they've been a pretty good fantasy defense lately. Yeah, lots of good defense options this week. So I would, you know, let ownership kind of guide you as far as uh, your tournament exposures go. Well, that's going to do it for this week 13 FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. You can get more player recommendations. Kevin English has your cash game picks. Corey Bushland has your top GPP options. And then you can play around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more of DFS talk or any other format that you might be playing, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. You can find the link to do that in the description for this podcast, for Jared Smola and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaff saying thanks so much for swimming with us. <laughs>